Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. We're going to talk to bomber great Doug Brown about the Bombers releasing quarterback Chris Strevler. Also, my weather expert buddy Bruce Johnson. Does he agree with the Groundhogs? Will we see an early spring? And Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes on the new Adam Sandler movie you can see right now on Netflix. It's called uncut gems all that and more coming up here on the podcast please rate the podcast please subscribe to the podcast and now the podcast right now number 97 big bird bomber great doug brown uh joins us uh, doug we've talked good afternoon first of all how's it going brother excellent so we've talked quite a bit about the super bowl and it's uh, sort of old news already but i'll i'll start with your thoughts on on the game and and if you want to weigh in on the halftime show a lot of people are doing that today too i want to get on that same kind of uh fitness program that shakira and j-lo are on i need to uh i need to unearth that and get on it because they're they're looking pretty good for uh their uh their ages no kidding for sure yes absolutely some fitness specimens on display there but um the game. I think anytime you have a Super Bowl game where the outcome is decided in the in the fourth quarter, you know, in the dying minutes and the waning uh, minutes, I think uh, you have to be happy about that. I think it was a competitive game. Uh, it was lower scoring than a lot of people thought, and uh, you know, both teams had an opportunity to make plays down the stretch to win the football game. So, I think when you see a, a competitive Super Bowl like that, two teams matched up very well. Um, had their ups and downs uh, throughout it. And, uh, you know, one team was able to uh, overcome the adverse uh, factors in the game and, and win it all. So I was pretty I was pretty happy with it for, uh, like you say, not every, rarely are Super Bowls uh, highly entertaining from the first to the fourth quarter. And this one was pretty good. Yeah. Did you enjoy your time in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I wish I'd had probably a little seasoning in the CFL um, before I went there. Coming uh, out of a Canadian school, uh, San Francisco University, and going straight down there for four years, that was a little bit of a, a pressure cooker and a, mm. a jump in uh, in uh, stress that I wasn't quite uh, used to or, or, or ready for. But it's uh, it's I mean, it's an incredible experience. It's more difficult than anything you've ever done in your life, that is for sure. And there's more stress and more pressure than probably anything you've ever done before in your life as well. But super rewarding at the same time. So it's uh, it's quite the experience. Uh, Bombers this morning released Chris Trevler. Is that where he's going to end up? Do you think? I guess he's worked out for a few teams down there, right? Eh? Yeah, you know, it's uh, there's a few teams in the NFL right now that that have that one-two change-up punch that the Bombers employed uh, with Chris Drebler backing up either Matt Nichols or or Zach Kolaris, um, where he's a change of pace, he's a change-up pitcher, and a lot of teams like the idea that you know, as as creative of, as offenses have gotten in terms of wildcat sets and different formations and, and utilizing guys in in uh, in places that create mismatches and force the defense uh, to think and can confuse them. Uh, putting in a guy like Chris Trevler just changes that dynamics of a football game. So I think we saw very well uh, with for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You wouldn't necessarily want him as a full-time starter, but he is exceptional coming into the game in spurts and in flashes and forcing the defense to change the way they're playing uh, simply in order to defend him. So, uh, you know, the NFL loves guys that are different and that, that do different things that aren't like everybody else. And Chris Traveler is certain, certainly uh, checks off a bunch of boxes when it comes to being uh, a guy that is unlike very many quarterbacks. 
Well, and who knows, right? I mean, he's such an athlete. He may end up playing a different position down there. Even. <laughs> yeah, you know, you could totally see him as a, as a tight end or something, putting on some pounds and, and uh, yeah, you know, lining up uh, in, in the slot or something, Rob, Rob Gronkowski style or H-back or tight end or, or whatever. There's a bunch of different uh, positions he could play due to has athleticism for sure. Now, it's not easy to learn a new position uh, to the degree that you need to know things in the National Football League. There's a reason they call it 10,000 hours in order to become very, very good at something. But his skills are transferable, and he's, uh, he's a mismatch, and he's a problem for people no matter where he lines up because he's pretty freakish in terms of his, his talent. So, yeah, you never know. If, if, you, if he lands with the right team and they have the right amount of patience uh, with him and, uh, and they develop him, uh, he could certainly have a future down there. I was away last week. Kathy Kennedy with filled in for me. I know she chatted with you uh, one afternoon. I caught a bit of your conversation. I was sad. To, I understand what why, and, and I, I like what the Bombers are doing uh, with Zach Kolaris, but I was sad to see Matt Nichols go. He, he's... He's meant a lot to this team and this community, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, he's uh, he, he did very well uh, as, as a quarterback uh, that was brought here um, out of necessity, you know, from, from Edmonton and, and injuries to Drew Willie, and, and he stepped in and he, he won a lot of games. And he really uh, fit in well, I think, to Paul Lapolis' scheme. So in my mind, you know, he, uh, he was one of – uh, many big contributors uh, to the offensive uh, turnaround um, of this football team. So a lot of credit obviously goes to Paul Apolis, goes to the offensive line, goes to Andrew Harris. But, um, you know, Matt Nichols uh, also was, was a, a component of that success. And uh, it's always tough uh, to a degree when you lose a guy, you know, that was successful here, right? So he never won the big game. Um, he had uh, three opportunities, I suppose, in terms of how, how deep he was going to take this team in the playoffs. But he did very well, um, especially in the regular season for this football team. So that makes it difficult when you lose a player um, that, that did a lot of winning for you. Well, and is at the end of the day, is that why the Bombers went Calaris and not Nichols? Because, you know, both have had their injury issues. One wins you the cup and one played well but didn't get the cup, right? Yeah, and I mean, Zach Claris is undefeated as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber right now, so you got to ride that wave. But, yeah, I mean, Claris was able to, to step up in the biggest of big moments for this franchise uh, with very little time. I mean, the, the interesting thing about Claris is, is you're just like, well, what's this guy going to be able to accomplish or, or get done on the football field if he has an entire offseason, he has an entire training camp, um, he's familiar with all the pieces around him, he gets to know his receivers. I think he's got a lot more uh, to show and, and demonstrate, and obviously what he did show and demonstrate was was good enough to guide the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to their first cup in, in nearly three decades. So I think he's a big player, and I think there are questions, um, questions to everybody, but Matt Nichols about uh, the shoulder surgery he had and how viable he will be as a, as a guy throwing the football uh, going forward. So, I mean, we've heard the stat that some 25% of, uh, you know, people that have that nature uh, that kind of surgery, uh, you know, it's not successful. And when it, that's on your throwing arm, uh, that just, uh, that's a big, big gamble, I think, I think for people to take. And uh, he obviously has been very public saying, you know, it's not going to be an issue. You'll come back stronger than ever. But a lot of teams can't take that chance. And uh, it, it's probably a combination of factors being how well Claris played, the fact that he won a championship, uh, the fact that there's a little bit of doubt in terms of Nichols' shoulder, shoulder whether he'll be viable, and you add those, all those things up, and it just answers 
that uh, you put your money on on Calaris for next year. Yeah, kind of sort of the end of an era for the Bombers, but maybe the beginning of a of a new, very exciting uh, time for the yeah. team. And that typically is what happens, right? When you when you win a championship, things change, people move around. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, for the first time in three decades, now they're the best team in the CFL, right? They set the standard. They set the bar. Um, they're defending their title going into uh, 2020. So as much as it's a sigh of relief for everybody, you know, in, in this football community that's like, finally, they, they got that monkey off their back. They won a, a championship. They won a great cup. Well, guess what? Nobody wants to backpedal off those accolades. They want you to be a consistent contending football team. Now Uh, they want you to go out and try and defend that title. They want more. They want you to win more and uh, it just gets harder, right? You have to do, you have to do more with less. Everybody comes and, and picks off your free agents and, talented coaches and the expectation remains high, right? You, you win a great cup and it gives you so much time and good favor, but there are expectations that are elevated now. And, uh, you know, the pressure cooker only ramps up for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in terms of building off the, the supreme success they had in 2019. Hey, Doug, thanks a lot for this. Enjoy the off season and uh, can't wait for more football with you and Bob here on CJOB. Oh, uh, we're looking forward to it. it. Should be great. Thanks for having me on, man. All right, Doug Brown, number ninety-seven. We call him Big Bird uh, Bomber, great. And yes, Bob Irving and Doug Brown will be your broadcast team again for the Bombers with Zach Calaris at the helm next season here on CJOB. Here's what happened down in Pennsylvania. By the way, uh, Manitoba Merv and Winnipeg win our groundhogs here in Manitoba and Winnipeg agree with Punxsutawney Phil. The uh, boy, I'll tell you, when they bring out that groundhog down in Pennsylvania, that's a big deal. Thousands of people turn out. They got guys in top hats and they read from the groundhog scroll. Here's what they read on the groundhog's scroll this year. Listen. It's a Phil fantastic day in these beautiful woods. Thousands and thousands in the Knob neighborhood. You faithful followers are the best, it's true. You, who wouldn't want neighbors just like you? Now my forecast on a day that's a palindrome will cause some to cheer and some to moan. So do I hope you think it's neighborly for there is no shadow of me. Spring AOB early. It's a certainty. Early spring, ladies and gentlemen. Early spring, no shadow. My weather expert buddy Bruce Johnson joins us on the phone here now. Bruce, uh, good afternoon. Do you agree with the groundhogs, the rodents? Well, not necessarily. Of course, they're right about 40% of the times, it turns out. But um, I've looked at the outlooks in the you know, for the spring, and most of them seem to show us somewhere around average for temperatures, maybe a little below, maybe a little above, but it depends on the different outlook. And precipitation, again, that's the same thing. It could be a little below, it could be a little above, and obviously that would have an effect on the floods for us. So uh, that's, that's the biggest concern with precipitation. And so it's a matter of temperatures probably not being too far from average and then just hoping this dry spell that we've had ever since the rain finally ended in late October, um, once, you know, once that breaks, sooner or later, that cycle is going to break. It will get wet again. I can't say exactly when. And then if that happens before the flood, 
then it's going to be worse. If it happens afterwards, say in the summer, then it's not as big a deal. Well, and I said this earlier, you know, it's almost like we've had, at least for the past few weeks, spring kind of type weather around here, haven't we? It feels like spring almost. Right. We had a pretty pretty warm for a while. It's cooled off now, and it doesn't look like it's going to get really warm. Yet. It's going to warm up a bit Wednesday, but that's only a one-day deal, and it's going to slip back to essentially average for this time of year. And then I don't see anything really important in the next couple of weeks. I mean, temperatures somewhere around average. I know there's cold air in Russia. Uh, it's not coming our way right now. I'll watch it again as time goes on and see where it moves. Uh, if, if we get a direct hit, then we'll get blasted. If we don't, this last one wasn't a direct hit. We got a little bit of you know, cold air. I won't even say it was an Arctic blast for us. So it's cooler for a couple of days, but you notice all of a sudden by Wednesday we're back in the in this minus single digits, uh, and then it gets colder again. But that's not really an Arctic blast. If we get an Arctic blast, we're going to be a lot colder than that for a long time. And this one pretty much missed us. To the, it went to the east, and one of these times another chunk's going to come down. Will it hit us? Well, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. We'll see what happens, I guess, whether or not it's an early spring. As you said, you know, some say maybe a bit above or a bit below normal. We'll see if it's early. The rodents say it's early. Is that fact they're right about 40% of the time, only 40% of the time? Yeah, that's what the Weather Service says. Hmm. It's, um, they've kept track of it, and it's about they're about right about 40% of the time. So it's not quite as good as the coin flip, I guess. But uh, it looks like it is going to be above average. If you want to get away from winter, the southwest, the desert southwest, uh, Arizona, Nevada, Southern California may be warmer and drier than average this spring. But up here it looks more average, maybe slightly below. Uh, it's what I'm seeing right now. You know, all in all, here in Winnipeg and, and in southern Manitoba, we haven't had a bad winter. The winter, uh, we had a late start, to well, except for that crazy storm. We had a late start. Yeah. And as I said, we've had nice warm weather for stretches. It feels like when I was growing up as a kid in Alberta, it almost feels like a Chinook, which you typically don't get here. But that's kind of what it felt like to me. Well, um, actually. So, go ahead. It, it, there was a Chinook out there and, you know, lots of places in the mountains. There was a Chinook, and the, the air was it's a west wind to us, even if it gets this far. We don't have a direct Chinook effect, but an indirect Chinook effect because that air was so warm, so it did feel almost like a Chinook. And, yeah, that's why. That's what the origin was. Huh. Interesting. So my point was we've really gotten off pretty easy this winter, I think, when it, when you consider, you know, how much snow we could get and how much cold we could get. It, it hasn't been that bad. No, it's just one of those things. Uh, you know, some years you get hammered and some you don't. And I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get one of those years where we just get blasted. I don't know which year's going to be that way, but um, we know it's coming sooner or later. We know that someday there's going to be a repeat of March of '66. We right. may never see it, but it, and will happen someday. Um, hopefully not this year, but we'll. You know, you, you know, you never know. Yeah. And, you know, we have uh, flood experts on all the time because everybody is worried about, you know, the ground is saturated and the rivers, you know, even into fall and, and winter, really, the rivers were, were so high. And, and whenever we talk to a flood expert, they say that eh, it depends, right? It depends on do we get rain? How fast do things melt? So we really do have to wait and see. But, I mean, it could, as you point out, uh, be very wet around here. Yeah, it could be a very bad, because remember, everything it flows north, yep. and if Grand Forks and Fargo have gotten a lot more snow than we had, mm. and they had tremendous amounts of rain, even more than we did in 
September, October, and so there, there's a lot of water, and there's potential for a lot. What if we get a couple of blizzards in yeah. the spring? Yeah, yeah. It just depends on on the weather and the melt and and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bruce, thanks a lot right. for doing. If, if spring's a little bit late, that you know, a little bit slow coming in, that may be good for the flood forecast because it, it would be a slower melt. Right, exactly. Hey, Bruce, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. You, I know, sir, are much more accurate than the groundhogs. I can say that. Well, I'm glad to, you have the faith in me. I appreciate that. <laughs> Bruce Johnson, my weather expert buddy. Thank you, sir. And by the way, you can find Bruce's weather website by going to my site, halanderson.ca. Just go to halanderson.ca and you can click through to Bruce's site. It is an excellent site, and I like to get Bruce on every once in a while. But if I don't, you guys complain. There he is. Uh, Does he agree or disagree with the rodents? Well, he's not really saying. But uh, the rodents, the groundhogs, seem to agree that we will see an early spring. I made a crazy risk to gamble. It's about to pay off. And that is just a taste of Uncut Gems, the new Adam Sandler movie that you can see now on Netflix. Jeff Braun, one of the two couch potatoes here now. I heard you this morning on the start talking about it. Yeah. Good movie, well, eh? it's a, Yeah, it's something else, eh? Like, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie quite like it before. It's kind of... It's a bit of a roller coaster, but it's yeah. just so relentless. I was physically exhausted at the end of it because yeah. you're just sort of on your on edge the whole time. And a little over the top, I thought, you know, they just kind of hammered their point a bit too hard at times. Here's a question for you though. Adam Sandler was great. Don't yep. get me wrong. Right. But are we ranting and raving about his <laughs> performance because it's that good or because it was Adam Sandler and he was just okay or good? I think that he's Adam Sandler has a lot to do with it because, I mean, movies I've recently watched include Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Yeah. And to watch those and then to think that that guy can put in any sort yeah. of a serious dramatic acting gig is right. kind of kind of blows you away. So, And I do think he's got that extra hurdle that he's got to get over yeah. to get people to forget mm-hmm. about Billy Madison and yeah. how stupid it is to take him seriously. So, yeah, yeah I, th- I thought it worked. It was good. I was just reading that uh, Netflix has extended his deal, another four movies. Um, He had, I think he was the number one or number two most watched movie, that Jennifer Aniston movie in in him. The Murder Mystery. The Murder Mystery, yeah. I think last year it was either number one or number two on Netflix. So, I mean, say what you want about some of the guy, and there are some terrible movies. The one where he played his sister, his twin sister. Jack and Jill. (laughs) I think you liked my tweet when I watched that. I said, that's two hours I will never, ever get back again. I've never seen it. I almost want to watch it just just to see. Everyone says Al Pacino. Chino's good in it, no? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think there was anything good about that movie, <laughs> to be honest with you. But yeah. hey, Uncut Gems, it's different. You know, you're not going into it thinking, oh, let's have a late hour and a half with Adam Sandler. No, it's two yeah. hours and 15 minutes of wow, just him sweating it out, trying to stay one step ahead of all these different Intense. people that are after him in one way or another, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were just looking it up in the newsroom, and it's in the top 10 of movies of all time with the most... F-words. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah there were a lot of those. Yeah. That's for sure. Hey, uh, well, I've got you. I was off last week, as you know, and I saw a couple of other movies I wanted to tell you about, and then I want to hear, because I think there was another one you said you saw that. We, oh, 
No, this is what I wanted to tell you. Little Women. I saw that the other night. That is an excellent movie, and I know you really liked that. I did really like that one. And have, have you ever seen any of the other adaptations no, or read the book? But I'm I'm told this is the best. Really? That's yeah, what I, people are saying. Any, I don't know. I didn't know what the story was at all either, aside from a couple of spoilers. Which, yeah. I mean, the book's almost 150 years right. old. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was very impressed with it. The, the, the What's her name? The director. Uh, she did a Lady Bird. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can never remember. And Saoirse Ronan is always yeah. good, and the whole cast is good. Yeah, that was that was a very pleasant surprise. The other one's got the hurdle of people have to get past the. As soon as you got like a, a costume drama of any sort, right? Mm. There's so many people just nope, not for me. Well, but. I think especially for us guys, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a stretch for a lot of us guys to go, but there were a lot of guys in the theater watching it when I was there, and it was really good. And I've not heard one person who's seen that say they didn't like it. Yeah, no, it was very good. I also saw a couple of other fun ones. I saw Bad Boys for Life, which, by the way, was the number one movie again this past weekend. Three weeks in a row. Almost $18 million. Wow. It was good. Yeah. It was good. I was never really a fan of the first one, but Jackie was. We went and saw it. It was good. I enjoyed it. And I saw The Gentleman. That's it good. is excellent. <laughs> this is Guy Ritchie at his best. Kind of a mob movie, but, you know, tongue in cheek, right. sense of humor. Uh, by the way, it was uh, one, two, three, four, five, number five on the weekend. At uh, I don't know why I couldn't just do that without counting out loud. <laughs> uh, at six million bucks, and it was very good. I highly recommend that one is as Hugh well. Is Hugh Grant good in it? Hugh Grant is good in it. You Matthew just, McConaughey, they're all great in I it. I don't like that voice he uses, though. I, yeah. li- I like the boyish charm, Hugh Grant, but okay. I mean, I guess he's just aged out of that. Already, yeah, but. yeah, and Farrell's really good, too. Colin oh, Farrell, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's excellent. Yeah, yeah, plays it just great characters. It, it's really worth seeing it. Uh, if you like mob movies, yeah, and you like a sense of humor, it's really good. The Gentleman, very good movie. And then I want to ask you about the number two movie this past weekend, nineteen seventeen. It made almost ten million dollars. Do you think that will win at the Oscars? Because the Oscars are coming up on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I, and it just it did just win a bunch at the BAFTA Awards, which is yep. the British Oscars, right? And it's been winning all these other awards. And I, it is most definitely the favorite to win mm-hmm. at the Oscars. I would think the director is a lock because it's a bit of a gimmicky movie with yeah. a, and it's very, you know, obviously directed mm. that way. Uh, but, and it, it is the favorite to win Best Picture, but I sort of think that that Parasite might sneak in. Really? Win. Yeah. Just, that would be a huge upset. That would be a huge upset. That would, I don't know that a foreign movie's ever won Best Picture before either. We'll have to check that. Let's yeah. check Google as we speak here. <laughs> um, now, it's available now on, on you can see it on, on TV at home, right? It's on I iTunes. So, yeah. Or, yeah. And it's still, and it's also still in theaters, which is a great way to watch it. But yeah, whichever way you can watch, if you can watch it, watch it because- I, again, like uh, Little Women, I've not heard anyone who's seen Parasite yeah. and not liked it. So, and I'll I'll be honest with you, the subtitle thing usually I go nah, I'll pass. But apparently, it, you get over that quickly. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Hey, um, so the Oscars on Sunday, you saw all of the Best Picture nominees. Yep. First time you've ever done that, seen them all before they announce the nominees. Yeah. Who who do you think is you think Parasite's going to win? Any other uh, Jeff Braun predictions on Sunday night? The uh, no, uh, a lot of the guys that really follow this stuff that I follow, read their articles, mm. or whatever, follow on Twitter. They're saying that this might be from a predicting winners might be the most boring Oscars ever. Really, because all the acting ones have gone to the exact same people at every single mm. award ceremony. It's always been Joaquin Phoenix and Renee Zellweger yep. and Brad Pitt and what's your name from uh, Laura Dern. Yeah. 
Is it Laura? Right. Yeah. 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 And she was very good in Little Women, too. Yeah. Yeah. She could have won a couple of awards. She's right? really getting a lot of great roles. Yeah. A lot of good work for her. Yeah. So, and they've, those four have won all the other acting awards. So there's no reason to think they won't all win the Oscars, but yeah. you never know. There's, Usually at least one big upset at mm-hmm. the Oscar that I don't know if it'll be a Best Picture thing or if it'll be a, yeah. if Joaquin Phoenix didn't win. That, I think, would be yeah. the biggest That'd upset. That'd be a surprise. Yeah. And do you think we're going, no host, so we know the host is going to be great, yeah. right? <laughs> That's right. Do we think that uh, the ratings will continue to slide? Because let's face it, I mean, still a lot of people watch these award shows, yeah. but the ratings are like Golden Globes were down. They're down every year. Will they be down again for the Oscars, do you think? I, I think last year the Oscars went up a little mm. bit. But they just because they had the controversy over yeah. the host and right. that sort of thing. So I don't. I honestly have no idea. I would yeah. imagine maybe it's just geeks like you, like movie yeah. geeks like you, and I. I like the movies too. So yeah. maybe it's just guys like us that watch them. I don't What's know. What's wrong with that? Everything yeah. else is got a niche audience at this yeah. point. Yeah. All right, Jeff Braun. Thank you, sir. You bet. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.